The Just Podcast is brought to you by ReCity Network. ReCity is the Triangle's hub for social impact. If you're interested in learning more about ReCity, start by booking a tour at ReCityNetwork.org. ReCityNetwork.org is also where you can go to subscribe to their monthly newsletter or make a donation to support ReCity's work. The website, again, is ReCityNetwork.org. You're listening to Just, stories about the people working to build thriving communities rooted in justice, a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network in partnership with ReCity and Coastal Credit Union. I'm Jess Averhart, co-founder of Black Wall Street Homecoming. And I'm Rob Shields, executive director of the ReCity Network. All right, look, so here's why we're here. We're here to get proximate. We're here to listen. We're here to process. And we're here to help you process. But here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to be preachy because we don't have all the answers and we will never make you feel like an outsider. Keeping with the theme of sharing, we always want to acknowledge the whole person and that starts with our personal, personal check-in. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, how are you doing? How I'm you good. Doing? I'm good. I'm glad to be back here. This is tons of fun. This is a highlight for me, Rob. Yeah. You, my friend, and our guest today are my highlight. So... I'm excited. Uh, this is this is, and great. I'm trying to sell my car. I mean, I know this is a real check-in, so like for the listeners, are like, yeah, okay, Jess, we know you're excited, but what else? Is that stressing you out? Because that can be a really stressful thing selling selling the car. car. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I don't know anything about cars, <laughs> 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 and I have notoriously purchased bad cars. Right, I buy the car for what it looks like. Right, I, I'm pretty. Maybe that's pretty common, but. I know that's I not a good thing. Yeah. I don't want to invest the energy. But now you're trying to make better decisions. Hey, I want twenty twenty hit the reset. It's all that's about right. perfect vision. Let's get this and car so sold. Right? That's what I'm doing in twenty twenty. It's all about yeah, which includes getting rid of this car I got and getting a it. more practical. Sounds one. like one of your New Year's resolutions right now. It's like, hey, let's get. Oh, it is. A, it's okay. on a big sheet of paper taped to my uh, bathroom. So well, one of my resolutions can be to help you sell the car because I love that stuff. I love. I mean, I, Craigslist don't is amazing. Don't say something like that and think no, I'm not it. taking you up on. I mean it. No, for okay. real. I, I, I I'm not help. married. That's just me. I'm gonna play the whole like damsel in distress. I love negotiating. Single so something woman about posting a, a, a car on <laughs> Craigslist and then, like hustling to. to I love oh, it. You know, it is. Are you going to require me. that I give you a percentage? No, you're my friend. See, okay, then you. I'm not in that for no. I, I want you to. I want you to get more value because holy smokes, people get raked <laughs> over the coals when they take it to a, a dealer. When they meet someone like me, <laughs> let's be clear. They're like, oh, she doesn't know. We're just. I think they throw out a word, at least one term, and I bet you they do this behind the scenes. Like it's okay, going to be know. like we know that this is catalytic one. converter or something. <laughs> which I know that word, but I don't know what it means. No. And I bet they do that and be like, how does she respond? Full transparency. She for I'm not saying I know anything. I don't know what that is either. All right. So I, I'm not a mechanic. I'm just saying I know how I enjoy buying and selling cars on Craigslist. So I, I actually don't know how cars work at all. So right. we're both. But we're both we'll there. be all behind the scenes because we'll be on Craigslist. I'm yeah. just saying if I go to a dealer, it's a wrap. Like they're taking me out because okay. yeah so we need to not let that happen yeah that's, okay that's well how are you doing besides the car and you helping me now you've got a new role. Well, yeah i actually have new a new longer to-do list now that's yes. this, which you're I'm, welcome I'm, i think i'm excited about uh actually i'm trying to sell mine too so i, I think my update might be i'm trying to sell mine is Oh, well, good. Yeah. And just, it's just uh, economies of scale now. You just yeah, add mine to it. Both, I think this podcast has become about buy Rob and Jess's cars. Right? <laughs> go so, to the website. We'll, we'll, we'll throw down. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll put it together. Like, Here we go. Right. You know, please, right. best offer available. We'll create a bidding. The bid is on now, right now. Just go ahead and submit your, your number to us. Silent auction. <laughs> Love it. So, no, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm excited about today. This is an important conversation. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what's in store here. So, I think we should, let's get rolling. Let's go. 
Super excited for our guest interview today. Known this guy for quite a long time. Gerard Staten, Executive Director of the Helios Foundation, a nonprofit organization that provides coaching and mentoring for small businesses, particularly for necessity-driven entrepreneurs. I am really excited about this conversation. Gerard, your work is incredible. I've seen it up close for several years now. And I'm just pumped for what you're going to have to be able to share for our audience. I think you've got a lot of valuable things to say. So, let's just jump right into this. I, I want you to set the tone for us. Great. Is entrepreneurship just? Just. No, Is no. Just? Uh, not in no. any way. I, actually, I just learned this this morning that apparently we are second in the U.S. for entrepreneurship and development. And who, this who is, is insane. Uh, uh, blacks here okay. in, okay. is it the triangle? The triangle, yeah. Yeah, help, help to clarify that. Yep. And uh, that number is, I don't know if we curse on this podcast, so I'll just say BS. One of the last numbers that I've seen was done by the MDC, who said that Durham and Raleigh are both counties that are Wake County are in the lowest 6% in the United States for social mobility, mm -hmm. which means that if you are born poor in Durham, you will be poor when you reach retirement age. Uh, wow. It would be, in fact, it's better if you were born poor and black in particular and Oakland than it would be if you were born poor and black in Durham. And that is appalling. Yeah. And so, ninety-four yeah. percent of other communities are better than us. Absolutely, which is that's exactly right. Say that. Wow. Yeah, I mean that, so that a lot ties in a lot to um, this monopoly study. I know you've heard me talk about it, and yeah. maybe I don't know if there's time to to go into it, or maybe I just have to refer people to look up the studies. But, oh, go there, man. but give do us it. a high um, level. Yeah. So one it. of the things that they talk about, and there are a number of these studies, they're done everywhere. If you take six people, start the game of monopoly, which we all know. Mm -hmm. um, you let two of them start. They can play for 20 or 30 minutes. Um, when you bring in the second group of people, then those four will play for another 20 or 30 minutes. And then you bring in the last two people. The results of that game never, ever vary. In fact, I will give this a challenge to anyone. Do this. And if the results are different, send it in. I don't know. I'll eat some trash. I don't know. Whatever. But You'll buy them the game of Monopoly. Sure. I'll buy them a like Batman <laughs> Monopoly or whatever. Um, but the results are always the same. The people who win the game are always in the first two people to play. Mm. And the second place person is always the other one. The people who come in third or fourth are always the second group of people. And the people who come in last are always the same. The other thing that happens, and this, this is probably one of the things that is the hardest. Now that we know for a fact that the people who start the game are just going to win because they have collected more money. They've started to buy up more of the property. One of the things that we see is when the, the second group comes in, they think that they have a shot. Mm -hmm. And that is because when they come in, all the properties aren't bought yet. So, they mm -hmm. think that they can, mm -hmm. oh, I can jump in and maybe I can get North Carolina Avenue. But they don't have enough money to buy North Carolina Avenue. And so, before they get on it, the first group of people will end up buying a lot of those properties. What also never fails is that the last group never enjoys the game. They never feel like they're going to win. There's never any hope. And one of the things that uh, was the most heartbreaking to me is that when you talk to some of the people who are last, who come in last, the only thing that they want in the game is to go to jail. 
Because if you go to jail, then you have three turns where you're not just paying things out, landing on other people's property and being stressed. Mm. And so they just want to give up. I love that story. And I and that puts me in the I liked the idea of being able to think about what it would feel like to be given the dice or whatever it is, second or third, knowing that you can't or maybe trying. Right. But yeah. you can't. And then I'm sure then the lesson at the end of that is, OK, then let's let's apply this to real life. Absolutely. Let's look at our communities in which that is the case, the 400 year tree and think about what's the what's the impact, the generational impact. You have this term that I think our audience Mm. would be really interested in, just called necessity driven entrepreneurship. You hear it kind of thrown around, but it's fairly new term. I think our audience will be curious to hear how you define that. So help us understand what you mean by necessity driven entrepreneurship. Uh, Necessity driven entrepreneurs in general, they have a few things in common, but the biggest part of that is that they start their business, their side hustle, um, whatever you want to call it, their little part-time gig um, as a way to make ends meet. When we first started this work, I had a very limited reason for why I thought people were necessity-driven entrepreneurs. Uh, Mm -hmm. They were single parents. Mm -hmm. They were justice-involved individuals. They were people with mental, physical, emotional disabilities. Uh, They didn't have, uh, in this area that has so many universities, even having a college degree sometimes isn't enough to get you a job that makes you a fair living wage. Mm -hmm. So, we're not talking about unemployable people. We're just talking about people that have uh, limited employment. They're unable to do a lot of uh, big things that can get them out of poverty. But since then, we've been finding that there are hundreds of reasons to make necessity-driven entrepreneurs. It is mm-hmm. being a, minor- a minority, unfortunately, or you know, not being male, not to bash men, but there is definitely a disparity there. The LGBTQ community, there are a hundred reasons why we're unable to get the great corner office job. Necessity-driven entrepreneurs they go out and they make that extra money anyway. They start a business because they have to, not because they always wanted a bakery, but because we have to eat next week. And so I'm going to start this business. The other thing that is really important to know is that necessity-driven entrepreneurs start their businesses with the idea of making money immediately. I think we all know, Mm -hmm. any of us that have gone into business school knows that the right process to do this is to find a problem that needs solving, put your business plan together, gather some resources, all that. And that's great if you've got that kind of time. Necessity-driven entrepreneurs need to make some money right now. And they would rather make $300 this weekend than make $80,000 three years from now. And so, that's one of the big things that we, we find in our work. Talk about the role that it feels like there's this competition between the, the the mindset of an entrepreneur almost needs to be in this abundance and confidence of like, I will succeed, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> but yet, your clients are often having coming from a place of, of survival, right? And, and and maybe even scarcity. Yes. Talk about how do you, do you see those things conflict in the, in the lives of your clients ever or where that's a hurdle because of where they're coming from and maybe even how their mentality, you talked about learned helplessness before. Just unpack kind of maybe that tension that maybe exists in your world as a hurdle 
to launching and having that business thrive as opposed to someone who does not have those competing factors going on. Yeah, absolutely. It is a, a massive bone of contention for our clients. It is the primary reason that Helios exists. So, one of the things that we do in our program is, and, and probably the thing that differentiates us from other programs is that we're a high-touch, long-term organization. Mm-hmm. So, our organization that. really works with entrepreneurs for at least a year because we know that that's the amount of time it takes to change that mindset because you're right that mindset is the thing that really matters they're at this place of scarcity their business is not going to grow unless they start to change into an abundance mindset but they can't there's no reason for them to and they don't have any evidence of that Mm. Um, you talked about learned helplessness that's uh, another one of those studies that we really used when we formed Helios Um, I think Dr. Seligman maybe 75 or so did Mm -hmm. these learned helplessness experiments again they're things that you can look up but just as a rough um, what he did is he would put animals in a a cage with a low wall and then uh, give them a shock and not a light shock but a really painful, horrible jolt. And they would jump this low wall to go to the safe side and they would be good. And they would do this over and over and they would constantly go to the safe side and be fine. Um, But if you leash the animals in place and give them the shock, there's nothing they can do about it. They'll pull and yank and eventually they'll stop pulling. If you take the leashes off then and give them the shock, they won't move. They'll just take it. And again, this is still terribly painful as a horrible thing. So they'll just take it. After the leash had been on. Yeah. Even the, yeah, wow. absolutely. Conditioning. It's yeah. conditioning. Like saying, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's all well and good. And I think most of us get that. And we deal with this with some of our, our mentors, um, making sure that they, they understand this. Because the real problem is that in these experiments, if you give the dog the shock, pick it up and move it to the safe spot, it doesn't learn that it's safe. If you do the experiment again, it will still just take it. You have to move the animal sometimes dozens, if not more times before it accepts and believes that there is actually a way out for them. Mm -hmm. And that is why a lot of mentorship doesn't work when we're talking about that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. especially when we're talking about generational Mm -hmm. learned helplessness. I can't walk into a room, drop some knowledge bomb on someone and then think they just got it. And then I can roll out of there, Mm -hmm. pat myself on the back. That person will get it. They totally understand. And they want to get it. They, they want, want to, to believe get it. it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And then they will go home and they will listen to a spouse that doesn't believe it. Yeah. Friends that don't believe it. Relatives that don't believe it. The and then they will revert right back to yeah. their regular way. And so we have mm-hmm. to convince them and talk to them and show them other examples of people over and over again until they do believe it. We'll bring you more Just Podcast right after this. If I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, well, okay. (laughs) I feel a little hopeless. And I'm also feeling more educated. I understand this, but I'm also saying, well, what are we doing here? Helios, Mm -hmm. how many Heliuses do we need to sort of close these gaps, right? Right. I mean, we are really fortunate. I think we're in a place that despite the terrible stats that we talked about earlier, 
I run into so many people that want to help. Yeah. And so we're in this place where I, I have a great deal of hope because there are venture capitalists who are starting to work with women and minority owned businesses, some of them exclusively. So it's not just that they get to pat themselves on the back and say it makes up 10% of their portfolio. Yep. There There's yep. 100% of their portfolio. Yep. Focus. And so that's a really big deal. I think there are lenders. I, I know that for us, we work a lot with Kiva, who is one of the mm-hmm. crowdsourced. Yeah. And so they uh, are no interest loans. They don't base this on your credit report. And so a lot of our business owners are able to get small loans that they need, especially when they need quick loans that they can pay back quickly. Uh, One of the things that we see is that necessity-driven entrepreneurs in particular, they pay their loans as soon as they can. And they often, through Kiva, they've been getting these loans for a project, not just to have five grand sitting somewhere, but they need $2,000 so that they can do a job and then they will get $10,000 when they do that job Hmm. and then they can pay their loan back. Hmm. Um, We've had so many businesses. Yeah, it's just access to resources. And so that I think that is why I have hope because I run into so many people every day that want to help. We just have to make sure we tell them how they can help and Hmm. that that is heard. Mm -hmm. It's good. Thank you. Let's talk about Helios. You just started giving us a little bit of sneak peek under the hood about what you do, but we haven't actually talked about what you what you do with like every day. So an entrepreneur comes in, you have classes, you have workshops, yeah, you have it, mentorship. What is it? What is it? What are you yeah, doing with yeah. these entrepreneurs? Like, how does this transformation take place? Absolutely. So that starts with a basic 10-week business training. Um, A lot of our entrepreneurs try to skip that. They're like, oh, I just need help with my marketing plan or whatever, but we make them all go through it. That's the fun part. Absolutely. No one wants to. Oh, I got to talk about these finances. I think I get it. Yeah. Um, But I've not had one person complain about getting through the 10-week program. Uh, We used to do the 10-week program one-on-one. That was great. But the cohort model has been the best for our entrepreneurs by far. So they come in one day a week, go through all the steps of putting their business plan together, two weeks of finances, which how many know, how many do you work with? What's a usually look ten like? to fifteen. Okay. Uh, we've been trying to limit it to about ten. Yeah. I have trouble saying no to people. So yeah, I think that's really the the big part of it. That ten weeks just so that we know and that my coaches know where they're all starting at. And also because Everyone is wrong. They all think that they need Mm. their marketing plan, but really they need to know who their customers are. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them are not really solving an actual problem. They're just using a skill that they have. And so we try to identify. So once they're done with that 10 weeks, then they're in that high touch part, the one year fellowship program. And that one year fellowship program, they come in and they meet with one of our coaches once a month. We don't really time it or regulate it. If they come in twice, it's it's all fine. But in, in, in essence, what those meetings are, they're a one to two hour meeting where we hold them accountable, look at their strategic plan that they created in their 10 week uh, classes, say, these are goals that you're trying to hit and here's how you do those goals. And then we also help them with financing and hooking them up with mentors yeah, and good. getting people in the community and technical assistance. And that's where we also get a lot of support from the community. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of small businesses that will come in and offer while our clients are in that year reduced rate things. So we have people that are doing accounting and mm-hmm. legal things for them. Uh, we know at ReCity, they get office space when they're our program. Uh, so we've got a lot of people that are helping them to get through that. 
And really, that's what our program is. It is just one year of helping them remove any obstacles that we can uh, and getting them to that fair living wage. Excellent. I love it. That's the good work. We like to do this part of our podcast where we are sort of challenged to show up in a way that is unique and specific to what we learned today. We then pass that challenge on to our listeners. Mm. So how can we show up? What can the two of us do so that we can talk to our listeners about it the next time? What can they do in the interim to really support the work that you're doing, mm. learn more? Yeah. It can be resources. It can be an action. Yep. How do we show up? Well, there's quite a few things. Our list is massive. So we're a young organization. So obviously... We need donations. So when you go to heliusnc.org, when you go there, you can easily click the, the support us button. So obviously, uh, we need that. It is 25000 per class. So anything that we get uh, to put our entrepreneurs through that. And then, of course, uh, mentoring. We're always looking for people to help mentor uh, folks. But as we talked about before, we have to make sure that our mentors are open-minded and willing to donate some time working with some of the individuals that we're talking about. So, um, and working on themselves, too. Absolutely. What we've, mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And also, know that you don't have to be number one and two in Monopoly to be a mentor at all. Uh, uh, One of the things that one of my mentors has said is that you can be on a scale of one to ten, you can be a three and still teach ones and twos. And so I think that it is important to know that mentorship is not just for, you know, Elon Musk to come in and, and talk to entrepreneurs. If you've ever started a little side business and it went well, Come in and and help talk to some of our entrepreneurs about what did go well and talk about the things that didn't go well. Uh, And then I think last thing and probably more important than any of that is to support all of our entrepreneurs and they are on the website. Keep checking back. More show up all the time. Some of these businesses are going to be massive and frankly, you're going to want to say you supported them when they were small. It's going to make a big difference for a lot of their lives and frankly, a lot of uh, the lives for people in the triangle. I love it. That yes. Show up. HeliusNC.org. Check out more of these stories. Donate to support this amazing work. And support those entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Gerard. Great. Thank you for being here, man. Thank you guys very much. This was amazing. That was amazing. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, besides him being a friend, right? It's these kinds of opportunities to dig in with people that you care deeply about and then you learn really the intensity of the work mm. and the impact that they're making in the community. I have like a whole nother level of respect for that work mm. and what's going on at Helios. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm sitting here and my wheels are just so turning and I, I know about, I've already known about Helios, right? But to the way that he framed it of so clearly articulating the work that's required on the ground while also acknowledging the greater inequities around them. And we talked about hope and yeah. how you were saying, I felt that too. I mean, you feel like this pendulum swing between being excited about what Helios is doing, but then also the realities of what their clients are up against also does almost pull you towards hopelessness. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to resist this pressure, Jeff. Like for me, I process things of we need to make sure we don't do one thing, that we don't put on Helios to be the one that solves all yeah, the things. I felt that a little you know, bit because, at the end. You probably because that's heard what we that, try to right? do when we yeah. start thinking about all the problems that he's bringing up. Well, that doesn't mean just because he's a part of the solution mm-hmm. doesn't mean he needs to be expected to solve at all. 
and there is something everyone has a part yeah, to play. He is. That's the thing, though. I know it's we have to resist the temptation, but at the end, I was just like, it was so blaringly clear. Like, why isn't anyone else? coming in to support that work. Right. I don't know. I'm glad we were able to sort of shine a light, but I'm hoping our listeners will really, I hope they're feeling that too. It just, I'm shaking my head over here. Like we've got to do more and really support this work because he's got a great framework, right? He's got this, the 10 step, the the classes, the 10 week classes. He's got this cohort, which they're building community and family. They're creating really special businesses that to his point, we're going to grow and scale and hire people. I mean, this is really a good economic engine for the region and we have to do our part and I think he gave us some good some good things to do to help support that and then also I think for me it's just being a little more provocative about mm. telling the Helios story mm. making people hear it and yeah. getting them a little uncomfortable around like you want to you want to support change in our in in this space that we you know this region that we call the com- triangle community mm. Let's support Helios. Like, that's real. Yeah. The impact is real. Frankly, let me, I'm going to have a very vulnerable moment here. Yesterday, so what Gerard was referring to at the beginning of the interview is he talked a little bit about this list that we're on, on Afrotech, which is Mm. like a new burgeoning space for blacks in tech nationally. And they just posted the top 10, was it top 10, maybe top five, something like that, markets in the country for African-Americans to grow their businesses and be in tech. And after Atlanta, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, so the triangle was listed as number two. And I just posted that. I was all like, this is great. And because of the work we do with Black Wall Street, Mm -hmm. it's very tied specifically to that. And so I was feeling great about it. And I posted it and shared it. And people are now, you know, so but to your point, that's only half the story. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm feeling a little bit of a tug here that now I need to go back. And it's not a retraction. Mm -hmm. It's a and. And. It's an and we have more work to do. That's right. right? And we have a really viable and solid partner who has been doing this for years, four years, cohort, you know, has got these entrepreneurs, they're named and identified. That work is happening. Mm. So it's not something we have to create. We just need to support it. So, yeah. It's celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate, but also. It's both. It's It's both. both. And and I I do, because we all do. It's easy to get comfortable when you get on a top list Mm -hmm. and you're number two. You're just like, great, we're doing the work. And you keep it moving. You go get groceries. Right? You're like, off we go to the next thing. There's still not work to be done. And there are people that are not on that list. Yeah. And included at that table. Right? Yeah. It goes back to that power of proximity, right? Yeah. Being proximate. And I hope that our listeners, we have created some type of space here for them to get proximate to Helios and to Gerard's story and then use that proximity to then go and seek out, uh, you know, more diverse networks of spaces, right? Whether that be race, whether it be class, right? Where you're, you're just, your networks, you begin to be proximate. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to Just, a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network in partnership with ReCity and Coastal Credit Union. In the spirit of sharing, if you like what you've heard, tell a friend about the show and give us a five-star rating and review. Many thanks to DJ P-Dog and producer Low Key for producing the music for our show. New episodes of Just will drop every other week, so subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Here's a preview for our next show. And sometimes maybe I need to show up with them. 
because of the privilege that I have that I'm learning about is that as people know me and recognize me when I show up in places that has that carries weight so sometimes just showing up with somebody is impactful too it's like well they're here to pick this up I want to make sure they get the right form that they get it in you know that they get it in Spanish and those those that way of walking with people a lot of people walk with me so I've got to walk with people too 